Breakthrough News. It's 5 p.m. You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is the Punch Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are here. We are back on the Punch Out 122-21 Friday, closing out the week here. Very happy to be back with you as we always are. 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the Punch Out, Monday through Friday. That's when we are on. Got plenty for you here, uh, really as we always do all around the world, including how, well, not just chicken companies, but quite frankly, if you eat meat at all, that uh, these meat processing companies are really just stealing right out of your pocket. They're cheating you in a major way. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the LA County Jail, which is a COVID-19 nightmare right now, Uh, just a terrible situation. But before we get into either of those stories, we want to start with the Iran deal. A lot coming out on there and about that, I should say. And I will say it's not necessarily looking great in terms of a return to that deal. Well, Joe Biden, of course, campaigned, uh, as did all Democrats in this year's primary, on a swift return to the Iran nuclear deal that Trump had exited. In his first days, though, the Biden administration seems to be backing away from any imminent return and, to a degree, uh, raising doubts about their commitment to going forward with it at all. Avril Haines, who's the director of national intelligence, said about returning to the accord during her confirmation that, quote, I think, frankly, we're a long way away away from that. That same day, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said about the same issue, we are a long way from there. Okay, well, not uh, strong uh, endorsements. And Haynes also in her hearing raised the real poison pill issue of this whole thing. And that's uh, about trying to amend the deal even further to restrict Iran's missile program, which is important to recognize also ultimately means limitations on civilian rocketry like satellites and the like. On Wednesday, Jen Paskey, she's the White House press secretary, stated that, quote, Iran must resume compliance with significant nuclear constraints under the deal in order for that to proceed seed more or less implying that the U.S. would not make the first move. But that is what Iran is requesting. Now, Iran has deliberately gone out of compliance in small ways with some parts of the deal, but they did it as a protest against the U.S. withdrawal of, from the deal and then putting on the maximum pressure campaign. And because the U.S. withdrawal shows that the U.S. just isn't an honest broker on these issues, Iran is saying that they want the U.S. to lift sanctions. And by the way, we're in the middle of a pandemic. They should be doing that regardless. But they're saying they want them to lift sanctions to so, show, hey, this is a good faith effort. And then and they are 100% willing, they have said consistently, to re-enter the Iran deal. But from the very beginning, they've been saying that they have totally ruled out any additional restrictions on their ballistics program. So they're insist- so insisting on that issue, I should say, which is certainly popular among some Senate Democrats, and increasingly, it seems, amongst the European Union— 
almost certainly means that the deal will totally fall apart. Either way, the process seems to be frozen here at this point, despite, of course, some reports that are coming out recently that there are some secret talks going on. Iran is also slated this year to have presidential elections, and the mood for compromise in the electorate may be low, and candidates who favor policies of increased resistance with the West, rather than more collaboration and trying to appease them to have all these various deals, are expected to do relatively well and perhaps to capture the presidency. So ultimately, factors seem to be shaping up here that may not lead to a significant de-escalation between the U.S. and Iran. The U.S. insists on total domination of the region. And for policies that limit Iran's ability to grow economically, that's what it's really about, limiting Iran's ability to, to grow and to become more of a regional power. However you may feel about that, what right is it of the United States to decide who gets to rise and who gets to fall? But be that as it may, uh, you know, you put that together with the fact that people in Iran are just increasingly less willing to accept that. At least that's what it seems from the trends we were talking about with the election. So ultimately, it's the imperialist attitude that has to give way here. But there's really just no sign at all that that is going to happen from the Biden administration and perhaps on Iran. In the phrase that Joe Biden made famous in his uh, speech, I guess you could say, to donors in the fall of 2019, maybe with Iran too, nothing will fundamentally change. In the L.A. County Jail, where there have already been over 4,000 cases of COVID-19, it turns out that they're holding more people in pretrial detention for longer. In the middle of a pandemic, people are being held in a COVID super spreader facility who have been convicted of no crime and are more likely to spend six months or more in jail than they would have been one year ago. Data from towards the end of last year shows that 41% of people held pretrial in L.A. County Jail were in jail for six months or longer. While at the beginning of the year, that number was 35%. So that's a 6% increase there. Research reflected that there were two main drivers for this issue. One was, you know, one you could probably guess, that the courts were closed, leading cases to back up, which is, I mean... <laughs> wow. I mean, this is pre-trial detention. People who haven't been convicted of any crime and you're crowding them more into jails and turning it into an even bigger super spreader site rather than just letting people go again who have been convicted of no crime. That is just brazenly criminal in and of itself. You create a mass public health risk just to avoid letting the facade of mass incarceration fall. And the risk is real. The research also showed that those being held over six months, of those being held over six months, 66% had underlying health conditions. 66% had underlying health conditions. And 88% had been placed in quarantine or isolation at some point. And the second major driver was the L.A. County Sheriff's Department doing a terrible job in COVID mitigation efforts, as the above numbers reflect. Uh, and, you know, just to be clear, that's no surprise. Just also today, the California Attorney General announced a civil rights investigation to the LA Sheriff's Department, which is, you know, just ridden with brutality and racism and all sorts of, of, of criminal activity. But nevertheless, they aren't doing enough, and that's partially why you have those high numbers. And again, not only are these people being held pretrial, but the reason they're being held pretrial is primarily they can't afford the cash bail. So amidst everything else, they're basically jailed for being poor. Mm. That's really a powerful statement about not only the deep brutality and injustice of the U.S. prison system, but how both parties are complicit when things like this are happening even in quote-unquote deep blue California. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Well, if you eat chicken or meat in general, or just generally hate how capitalist monopolies make life harder for working class people, I've got a story for you. This week, Tyson Foods, one of the giants of the $65 billion chicken industry and the rest of the meatpacking industry, has just paid $221.5 million to settle a massive four-year legal case alleging major price fixing. In a way, they got off easy because they didn't have to admit fault. Uh, they just had to pay the money. But clearly, they're settling because they didn't think they could win in court. Tyson, as well as Pilgrim's Pride, still face even more of these lawsuits, some from huge companies like Walmart and Chick-fil-A. JBS SA, which is the parent company of Pilgrim's Pride, settled a similar case last year in the pork industry. Uh, that was early December. And they also turned state's evidence against Tyson and and Hormel, who are also under investigation for price fixing in or similar sorts of activities in the pork industry. In the case settled this week, the issue at play is monopoly. What is being alleged is that Tyson and a small number of huge companies that dominate the meatpacking industry are colluding with one another to coordinate their production and their pricing to increase the prices on the buyers, which of course increases their profits, but it also means increased costs for you at the restaurant or at the grocery store. Five companies control more than 60% of the chicken market. Four companies process over 80% of American beef. Three companies control 63% of the nation's hog processing. And some of those are the same companies. So the level of monopoly is extremely high and the ability, of uh, the ability to collude, obviously, is also quite easy. And it's also because this can be done in sort of stealthy type ways. There's something known as price leadership in business parlance. It's a, we can't get into the whole thing here, but basically it's when you have a few companies and it's hard to get in, the high cost of entry, so that you're not going to have a lot of new people entering easily. You can send implicit signals to bigger firms, which just sort of signal what the right price to fix is. And even that sort of implicit signaling can be illegal in certain circumstances. But you can see it's a very fine line between, well, you know, we're producing kind of the same product and it costs more or less the same and, you know, outright collusion to make the prices higher. So it's hard to prove in court. And that's a lot of times why they get away with it for years and years and years because people know they will, you know, to be difficult to win. So ultimately what it really means is that built into the way the economy operates, because this is in all monopolized industries, but you know, here we're talking about food, built into the way it operates under capitalism is higher prices for you and higher profits for these big, huge corporations. It's just built in. It's a feature, not a bug. It's not even necessarily illegal in every case. And even when it is, it isn't really being prosecuted heavily. And at the most, people People are paying these big fines and, quite frankly, going back to doing something roughly what they were doing before. It's just the cost of doing business for these big monopolies. So think about that now in the court at the time of a pandemic where there are millions of people in this country, tens of millions of people struggling to afford food, and the big corporations are colluding behind their back to raise the prices of the things they need to survive. That's capitalism for you, American style and everywhere else. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York, East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles, Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. 